You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Hey, thank you so much for downloading To and Out this week. We realize that the times we live in are very unique. Um, we want to provide you some fun some relatable conversation. I know there's not technically much going on in the CFL right now. There's actually nothing going on in the CFL right now, but we still wanted to have a podcast to hopefully take you away from everything that's going on in the world for the next 45 minutes to an hour. We're going to be laughing. We're going to be having some fun. We can all get through this together. And for the first time, we've talked about, you know, weather in our area on this podcast, but we've got listeners from, you know, three or four continents of two and out, but we can all relate to the COVID-19 situation right now. We're going to be joined by Eric Fraser, former BC Lion, Ottawa Red Black, and Calgary Stampeder. We'll be talking about all the food challenges he takes on. With that said, let's get to it. Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the Two and Out CFL Podcast. Now they have to kick it out, and they do! Every week, Travis Cura. Does anybody still care about this podcast? And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football, bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Are you kidding? This is unbelievable! Ready, set, and we are a part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. I'm Travis Cura. Brazilian Ty is here with me right now. As I said off at the top of the show, this is very unique circumstances. Maybe the most unique show we've ever done here. But uh, I think we've got some fun content, some fun conversation to take you away, the daily stresses that's going on right now. I, I don't know about you, Ty. I'm, I'm stressed out. I'm worried. Uh, but we can all get through this together, and I think that's the key. 100%. Yeah, the, you know, stressed out, kind of locked up, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, not sure what's going to happen with work and bills and all that stuff. So hopefully for, you know, 45 minutes, we can kind of give a little bit of a distraction and people can kind of forget everything else that's going on for a little bit. I got sent to the grocery store by my wife. It was Monday or Tuesday. And I'm pretty sure I got 10% of what she asked me. Like there was nothing. Mm -hmm. There was nothing. And I know it's uh, the panic buying and, uh, all of that going on. Um, but you made an honest mistake at the grocery store. You told me about this before we hit oh record. <laughs> Tell so, me what you did. <laughs> I went grocery shopping, as I do, without a list. Oh, because, oh that's bad. Because I, I am a 31-year-old single male who is an idiot. On Single? Well, I live alone. <laughs> Okay, were you on an empty okay, yeah. stomach let, too? Let, let, let's get me in trouble. Thanks, Trav. Thank you. <laughs> um, was I on What did I do Monday? I might have been probably knowing me. Okay, okay. Yeah, I was because I called mom. Double whammy. Or mom called, I called mom to see what it was like, and she's like, yeah, you need to get to this. They were lined up outside Superstore before 7 a.m. Wow. So, like, yeah. so I, got, I showered and got dressed and went, you know, bought some frozen pizza because, you know, bachelor life uh <laughs> and bought some stuff to make tacos i'm like oh you know grab a, grab a package of ground beef 
they were on sale, 30% off. So I grabbed two thinking, ah, you know, just a pound of hamburger meat. It'll last me for like, you know, two days worth of tacos. (laughs) I can have whatever. So spray Pam on the frying pan and throw one package in. And I go to open up the other package. I look down. (laughs) It's already open at this point. I have no Ziploc bags or saran wrap left. I've already opened it, the second package. And I look down at at the tag and it's 500 grams. So I have a kilogram of beef. Oh, you were on the, the metric. <laughs> yeah. So I have a kilogram of beef. So I had 2.2 pounds of, of hamburger beef. So I, I had to use like three packets of That's taco a lot seasoning. of tacos. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm going to be eating tacos for the next four days. Are you, You're not through them yet? Oh, God, no. I got the spicy taco seasoning too, right? So oh. I can only eat like two at a time. And how much mini eggs did you buy? <laughs> so <laughs> my cousin and his girlfriend, they were getting back from Mexico in the morning. Uh, they went to say Watanejo, and if you've seen uh, Shawshank, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> right. um, so <laughs> my mom got a Facebook message this morning from Farah saying, okay, we're going to be under the 14-day isolation when we get home. We need beer. So they wanted four <laughs> flats of beer. So mom and I, I picked mom up so that she, she was paying for it. But she was, she works, mom works at the superstore. She's been front and center with, like, she has been running around ragged this last week. Yeah. Uh, so she was exhausted. So I went and helped. And so we go to the liquor store and we stop at superstore so she can pick up her flash food stuff. And she's like, I found, there is mini eggs because I couldn't find any at 7-Eleven. So we go on the big bag. So I grab one. And I'm like, well, no, mom's buying one, so I'm going to get two. <laughs> so I grabbed two, and then she grabbed one for dad, and she made me a grilled cheese for lunch because I'm the favorite. And I'm looking at this bag, and I'm like, that's 956 gra- that that's a, kilo, that's a kilogram of mini eggs, and I have two bags of these. You so have- I got like five pounds. I got like five pounds of freaking mini eggs, four and a half pounds of mini eggs. How long will that last? Oh, I'll have to go back tomorrow. <laughs> at least the stores are well stocked on the mini eggs. Oh, yeah, there's no <laughs> no Lysol or toilet paper to be found, but mini eggs and uh, pasta sauce. I mean, Easter's around the corner, so yeah, that would be why. <laughs> well, if you ask the Vatican, it sounds like they canceled Easter, so... <laughs> And speaking of things uh, getting canceled, today was uh, supposed to be the Halifax stop for Randy's road trip. Mm -hmm. Uh, That has been canceled. The league has also canceled uh, the Combines um, due to the COVID-19 situation. There was going to be one in Montreal, uh, Edmonton this weekend. The CFL Combine was the end of March. And then uh, actually n- this weekend as well was going to be the media and content car wash featuring the top mm-hmm. CFL players. Um, that has been canceled. All of this is the right move, especially when people need to travel to these events it's just a no-brainer. There's no debating that it's the right move. And I want to highlight uh, what's happening in Toronto. Um, presidents for TFC and the Argonauts, Bill Manning, they've announced that uh, they'll be supporting arena slash stadium staff during this closure. So, I mean, obviously the Argos and CFL season wasn't set to start until June, but this affects TFC, Leafs, 
Jays and Raptors. So mm-hmm. t- to have this support in place for the staff is a, a good move there. Um, it's just unprecedented times. And you know what? We're living in history right now. It's really weird to talk about. But there's a good chance if I ever have children or their kids, they're going to be learning about yep. this in history class. And when you think about 100%. it that way, and they're going to talk about us one of two mm-hmm. ways. We royally screwed it up or we knocked it out of the park and practiced social distancing and uh, – Good hygiene when it comes to this thing, and I, I you don't need me to remind you to wash your hands and uh, do all of that. Nobody stuff, should but... need to be reminded to wash their damn hands. Right, right. I think we're Let's all on the honest. same page there. <laughs> we're all on the same page there. But uh, it's it's. I'm thankful that I, I do still get to work. Um, mm-hmm. For a radio station, it's a little bit different for me. Um, I <laughs> I got to be relaxed. I have to be calm. Uh, relaying the message to uh, the locals here in Red Deer and area, and it's it's hard. I'll be I'm worried for my parents. I'm not so much worried about myself. I'm worried about mm-hmm. the the financial uh, aspects of this thing for the province and the country afterwards. But here is where we are, and it just it seems like we're doing the right thing. I, I don't think. There's too much wrong going on. There's a lot of, you know, negative stories, but I see a lot of positives coming out too. Oh, absolutely. Like you see places like Shoppers Drug Mart and and other places like that opening an hour earlier than they normally would just for people with, you know, who have difficulties with mobility or the elderly and stuff so that they can avoid the big crowds and it's easier for them, Uh, you know, and. We're not, you're not, me and you and people our age and, you know, we're not immunocompromised. We're not social distancing for our own health. Yeah. We're doing it so we don't get somebody who's in that situation sick. Yeah. Because like 99% of the time, me and you, we're going to be able to fight it off. Right. I mean, somebody who, you know, has gone through chemo or, you know, it has an immunodeficiency or is, you know, over the age of 65 who is more susceptible to this. That's why we're doing it. That's why we're in, you know social distancing self-isolation whatever you want to call it that's what we're doing this is not it it's it's the herd mentality like you know if if we don't take it out into the herd the herd won't get sick or as sick uh you know it's it's bound to to transfer like some people like my mom works superstore like i said it's not like she's gonna get time off unless she gets sick then yes but you know grocery stores with pharmacies are an essential service yeah Right, gas stations are an essential service. Granted, at gas stations, you can pay at the pump. Yeah. Uh, but like, there is going to be people who are on the front lines of this thing, whether it's healthcare workers or people in essential services who are going to be in public and, and around it and have the chance of catching it. And you know, if that does happen, you have to rely on other people to realize that you know if they have the symptoms that they need to stay home. And you know, from the looks of you know the beaches in Florida on spring break, it seems like a lot of and. Uh, college kids in the states didn't get that memo which is not surprising but you know it i went out today to grab a couple things with mom like i said and it was basically a ghost town yeah it's uh it's eerie it's interesting uh i can't imagine if there wasn't social media how we would deal with this situation yeah this is it's like oh okay well i guess i'll just sit at home and then you turn on the TV and realize daytime TV sucks, except from 11 to noon. (laughs) 
hey, what am I missing? What's on 11 to noon? The Price is Right. Oh, yeah. As far as I know, I don't know if it still is or not. Yeah, that's some good I got stuff. A, I got MLB The Show, so, I mean, I've been busy. That, that's your uh, your next escape for 16 hours a day minimum? Well, now that I've pulled the, the spare bedroom mattress into the living room... <laughs> Uh, we Genius. could be looking at unprecedented. We could be looking at unprecedented totals. <laughs> uh, that's our message. We're gonna get to our chat with Eric Fraser. This episode of Two and Out is brought to you by Snow and Tell, the Winter City Podcast. You can't change the weather, but you can change how you feel about it. This podcast explores how the right attitudes can uncover the opportunities and potential in winter cities. Let's take a listen. It's not a spoiler alert. Winter is going to be here for a good chunk of the year every single year. For some people, the very thought of winter is enough to send chills down their spine. But for others, winter is a season full of beauty, of adventure, of racing down the ski hill or snuggling by a roaring fire. I don't want to be inside during the winter. A season of contrast, light and dark, fire and ice, cold and warmth, a season full of potential. Part of the lighting design process is making the informed decision of not to illuminate something. If we have everything lit, then it just might look like a greenhouse where we're all tomatoes trying to produce work. And every day, more and more cities and people are coming around to seeing the possibilities of winter. The way that the city streets are being used is changing. I'm Sue Holdsworth. And I'm Isla Tanaka. Welcome to Snow and Tell, the Winter City Podcast. Together, we'll talk to specialists and thought leaders. We'll hear stories from everyday people just like you about their wintry trials and tribulations, triumphs and transformations. We can't change the weather, but we can change how we feel about it, how we design for it, play in it, thrive in it. I mean, we're all jubilant when we have a little exercise. We can hibernate or we can choose to change our thinking and actually plan to make winter a better experience for everyone. There is no such thing as bad weather. It's bad clothing. Join us as we learn how to make our cold cities cool. Find Snow and Tell, the Winter City podcast on your favorite podcast service or online at wintercityedmonton.ca slash podcast. I've learned over 70 years how you get along really well outside in Edmonton, no matter what the season is. Find Snow and Tell on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also find it online at wintercityedmonton.ca slash podcast. That's wintercityedmonton.ca slash podcast. All right, joining us on the line now is Eric Fraser, former uh, Canadian Football League player. Now he's a pilot. Eric, I want to talk football with you. I also want to talk these crazy food challenges that you seem to just crush on almost a monthly basis. Um, Let's start with your football career. You grew up in Burnaby, British Columbia. Uh, What got you into football? Were there any inspirations uh, during that time? What what got you started? Yeah, I mean... um... I was a soccer player actually going up for since I was three till I started playing football. And uh, I think probably late elementary school is when I started taking interest in football. My mom got season tickets for the Lions, and so we used to go to Lions games in the late 90s. And then uh, a kid that I played soccer with was playing football as well, and so he just 
he was like, hey, you should come give it a shot and went and, and tried out to, and got selected to uh, to one of the teams out in Coquitlam and it just went from there. It's been some uh, some lucky breaks and then some, some good kind of luck my way, but uh, yeah, I guess it worked out in the long run. Central Michigan University, how was that transition from Burnaby to Michigan? It was awesome. Um, yeah, it's kind of one of the crazy stories. I didn't have I was, I was planning on going to Western Ontario, I guess, didn't have any American scholarship offers. And uh, it was probably about June, just before I was about to graduate high school, and my community football coach had a business partner that knew a coach at Central Michigan, and they had a few guys become academically ineligible, and they're like, hey, they got a couple scholarships. And so I was just, I went down to the uh, a Nike football camp in Oregon and kind of was top of the list for all the, the physical testing, 40 and vertical shuttle, all that stuff, and and uh, and did well in the one-on-ones. And so I had some publicity from that. And then Central Mission called and said, hey, come down for like a day camp sort of thing with uh, like a high school camp. And, uh, and I went down there and worked out for the whole day and then flew back to Vancouver and um, yeah, they offered me a scholarship. I was down there a month later nice. for training camp, so it was all it happened so quick. Um, but it was just, yeah, it was a, it was a cool experience coming from you know Canadian high school football where we had twenty kids and yeah. you know the most we ever had at a game was three or four hundred people. Oh yeah, that uh, how was that first game? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. I mean, yeah, the the first game was different. Our stadium wasn't huge; it was only uh, thirty thousand people, but yeah. Um, the second game of my career was at the University of Michigan, Ooh. and uh, yeah, our, uh, kicker Turner got hurt towards ACL, and we were in the in the huddle waiting for the next kickoff. And I just I put my hand up, I was like, "I'll return him," and uh, they let me go back there, and I actually had a pretty big game returning kicks. I had a couple uh, couple returns across midfield, and uh, and it kind of started my freshman year off with a bang. So after your your time in college, you get drafted eighth overall by the Stamps. Yeah, uh, can you kind of take us through like that whole thing? Like for us, I mean, the CFL draft. Yeah, we see it uh, online, and you know, teams make picks. So what what's that day like for you as a player? At that time, it was a lot different. Um, <laughs> I actually still when I the year I was drafted, they I know they changed the rule in the early 2010s, I think, but I still had a year of eligibility left. Um. Hmm. So I, I mean, I, a, a couple teams had called me going into the draft, and uh, I was just coming off a year where I had a pretty bad injury at the end of the year, I fractured and dislocated my ankle. Um, so teams were kind of checking on me in March, you know, to see how the ankle was doing and the recovery was doing and everything. And um, but that was it. Like I didn't do the combine, I didn't do any of that stuff. It was just all on all on the film. And then come uh, come the actual day of the draft, I had a friend that was at university in canada i couldn't get tsn to watch the draft so he had his at the webcams something that's probably ages me a little bit he had his webcam on the tv showing the draft so i could watch it in my uh, in my apartment in michigan and and uh yeah just before they announced the eighth pick i got a phone call and i noticed the 403 number i talked to calgary already and uh and yeah and they, they called and said hey we're gonna take you with this pick and um, you know, it was pretty exciting. I think we were just getting done exams, so 
it all worked out. I think it was a big drinking night for me. (laughs) (laughs) You spent four years in Calgary, and they were a contender right from the start. Uh, How was it being a part of that organization? I think, you know, I played for a few organizations, and and Calgary was, you know, by far above them all. Um, You know, the expectation there is that you win every year. Obviously, every team says that, but you know, the way they set it up and the way they treat the guys and, uh, um, you know, they set the expectations and they let you know where you stand at all times. Like there's, you know, there's no guessing and there's no, uh, right. not much politics going on. And, and, you know, as a player, you really appreciate that. And some of it too was, I was at the beginning of my career. So you don't really, you're just excited to be playing professional football. You don't notice some of the other stuff going on, but, um, yeah, I think my experience in Calgary was, was, better than than both Ottawa and BC. Is that kind of why Calgary's home for you now? Um no, I mean it just it just how it worked out when I started uh started flying. I mean, I, I know people here and so that was a reason like when I got my first job offer here in Calgary, I was I was like, yeah, I, I know people in Calgary, great. I can move out there and um just kind of continue my life. But yeah, I mean, I, I like the city. Um you know, it's it's you get used to the weather. It's a little bit better than like something like Edmonton where you get a long winter Ottawa where you get a long cold winter you get Chinooks here which are nice to uh to kind of reset the winter every few weeks and and yeah you're close to the mountains and it's it's a good city I enjoy it so you mentioned Ottawa and BC you went to the Red Blacks in the expansion draft and did play your final two years with the BC Lions still playing for the team that you had season tickets for that must have been cool. Yeah, it was. I think uh, when they called and then said they're going to have a contract for me, I was pretty excited to be able to kind of – I knew that I was getting up there and I didn't have a ton of years left. And um, to be able to go home and, and play in front of my family and friends, um, you know, for the last couple of years of my career, uh, you can't really beat that. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it. I got to put on the, the jersey of the uh, – you know, the guys that I grew up watching. And uh, I think as a kid, that's kind of dream come true. I've listened to Spit and Chicklets a lot. I, I know I'm a degenerate. But <laughs> they love, always ask me. I actually love the Spit and Chicklets podcast. <laughs> Not a big deal. Um, when, when, they, when they interview players, they always ask first goal, last goal. And if they remember the team and the goal they scored it on, uh, you had eight interceptions. Do you remember all of them, or like do you remember your first one and your last one, and who it was against? I, I, the first one was either. Uh, ooh, that's a, it was either Kevin Glenn in Calgary. Oh, maybe weird. It was, weird. It, it, it was a, <laughs> he was playing for Hamilton at the time. I oh believe. yeah, okay. Um, and it was at the end of the game. I think that was one. If that wasn't one, then it was maybe Ricky Ray in Toronto, and it was for a touchdown. Wow! I'm, I'm guessing that would have been. A, I'm guessing that would have been like a five yard out, and you jumped the route. <laughs> it was actually it was an under route, and we were in zone, and it was I think it might have been a little bit thrown behind the receiver, and he just kind of tipped it up, and I was. Right there is the uh, the lucky recipient. It wasn't really a, a great play. It was just right place, right time, which is, you know, that's sometimes all you can ask for. So, so that that was obviously one pick six. Do you remember your other one? The other one was in Montreal. 
Um, and the same sort of thing. I was coming from, it was like a center field safety, but they ran like, it was like a slant or a hitch, and the uh, the linebacker was Bo, I think, made a jump on the ball and, and tipped the ball in the air, and I just snatched it again and and, uh, and took off running. Were you always a DB then? No, I actually went to Twenty University as a receiver. Okay, okay. Um, and then, yeah, after my uh, my first year there during spring ball, actually, um, we had like four, I think, of our um, top two starting defensive back leaves, so a couple starters and a couple second stringers. And the coaches just said, hey, if you want to get on the field sooner rather than later, it's you know, go over to go over to defense and and give safety a shot. And it worked out. It was probably terrible at first. I was kind of learning on the fly. <laughs> didn't play one snap of defense really. Wow. Um, growing up, I well, that's a lie. I guess I played some defensive end in high school. I would just run around the edge because I was faster than than most high school linemen. Um, but yeah, I didn't learn to tackle in minor football because I was so little. They didn't want me getting hurt. Yeah. Um, so it was it was definitely <laughs> interesting learning to tackle. Yeah. With guys that are, you know, 215 pounds. No kidding. Um, would have been nice to do that when guys were 95 pounds <laughs> sort of thing. Uh, now you're flying planes. Um, was that always an interest of yours growing up too? Uh, no, actually that was something that just came about when I was in the CFL. Every year I, I worked jobs. Um, and, I, you know, I always tell guys, you know, find a job in the off season and just you know, get an idea for what it is that you like outside of sports. So I did a few things, and uh, one year I worked a sales job in Calgary that was like a, you know, 9 to 5, 8 to 5 kind of thing, and then so you're driving in, in traffic, leaving in traffic, and I was like, I can't, this is not what I want to do with my life. And uh, for some reason, you know, flying came to me, and at the end of that season I just decided to go get my pilot's license, and it's I loved it. From the very first flight, it was like, this is this is it for me, like the schedule, um, you know, the challenges that flying presents. It just, it really interests me. Well, now you can just fly above the traffic. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly it. And, and the nice, like tomorrow I work at 445, so I'm oh, barely, nice. driving, I'm barely driving traffic and uh, and the days are short. Like it's, I tell people it's, it's, it's like pro sports kind of, like you work, you know, six-ish hours a day, seven hours a day. And uh, and you get a lot of time off, so uh, and it works. It works for me. So does the and I'm just curious. Does the CFLPA sort of guide players to their next career after football? I think I had seen something on uh, Twitter about that. Yeah, they're doing a lot more of that now, which is awesome. They have programs set up to get guys. Um, they actually do have a, an aviation kind of um, set up with a school in uh, I think it's in Burlington, maybe at Spectrum. Um, I'm not sure how many guys have taken advantage of the opportunities, but they have other things too. They have um, some internships with with banks and uh, insurance providers and stuff, and um, nice, you know, stuff like that. It's 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 come a long way since my first year. There was you know very little of that, but they've really been pushing it. And uh, you know, it's so important because it football isn't going to last forever, and and if you don't have a plan when it comes to it comes to an end, it's it can be really tough, um, which is why for me it was it was pretty easy because once football was done, I was I went to a job where I was working, you know, twelve hours a day, and I was up in the middle of nowhere, um, you know, and it was hard work, and and I didn't really have time to watch football or miss football because I was right into a 
a different kind of life. So I didn't, didn't have time to kind of get depressed and sad and, and think about, you know, what ifs or, you know, what, what, what I could have done differently sort of thing. Before we get too far away to, from football and we can't work our way back, there was a question that I have to ask. We've, we talked about it a bunch in the last couple episodes, the Rouge. You've played the game. You grew up on the game. You're Canadian. Does it need to be changed or scrapped? Or, or what are your thoughts on that? Because, I mean, it, it's a pretty hot topic right now. Yeah, I saw, I saw people talking about it. I mean, I don't get what the big deal is. It's 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 been there for a number of years. I my understanding is that it's like it's a rugby rule, isn't it? Like it's yeah. mm-hmm. in rugby, if you miss the post or whatever, you get the single point. And I mean, that's, I mean, you can see the evolution from rugby to Canadian football to American football, right? We still have obviously all the forward motion and stuff. And it's, it's just kind of, we're, that's the game. I mean, just, just leave it in there. It's, it's been there for what, 150 years. So stick with it. There's nothing, nothing wrong with it. It makes for a good sports center highlight, you know, every one every ten years or whatever when you have to scramble in the end zone to hunt the ball back. A really, a really backdoor way to win a money line bet, which is always nice. <laughs> yeah, sports betters hate it, but it's uh, I, don't I don't I don't get the point of changing something just to change something. I mean it's you know, it's a part of our game and it makes it's what makes our game unique, so and I figure just keep it in there. So if if people follow you on Twitter at efraser007, is that a James Bond thing, by the way? Yeah, I, I, I was like, I <laughs> so reluctant to join social media. Oh yeah, and I was like, I don't know. I was living with Corey Mace, the D line coach for the Stampeders at the time. I was like, he's finally convinced me to join Twitter, and I'm like, yeah. I don't know what what should my name be, and he's like, like, well, your number seven, just make it 007. So I was like, all right. Here we go. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure probably about a quarter of your tweets over the past year or so is these different food challenges you've uh, taken on and defeated what 98% of them. Was there a time in your life when you realized that you could eat a lot more than the average guy? It's it's one of the I've always known that I could eat a lot, but I never really like I don't know how the actual like hey I should do food challenges came up, um, but yeah ever I mean ever since I was like a little kid I was like one of those little stick kids that could right you know eat two pizzas for dinner and and still be you know ninety five pounds and wouldn't gain weight so it's it's always been like that I've just always been able to eat a lot and uh, I think it was when I was in Ottawa I went to like an intermittent fasting diet and so I would eat a lot of food in a short period of time usually between three and four hours I would eat you know. 3,000 or 3,500 calories, and so I just, I guess I got good at, at stuffing my face, for lack of a better term, and then, yeah, I, I can't remember where the first, uh, why it came up again last year. I know the first one I did was at uh, um, Canadian Brew House in Abbotsford, and we were there with uh, with my girlfriend's work or something. And I saw that it's called the Rita challenge. I don't know if you guys have seen that one. <laughs> you know, it's so oh, yeah. funny because my wife has tried it and I have it <laughs> and she failed. She failed. Um, how did you do? I've, I've done it actually twice now. And I, I, I won both times. The first time was in Abbotsford there. Um, and here's the funny thing is I don't remember it being so bad the first time, the second time I did it was it was absolutely the worst like i had meat sweats the rest of the night it was like five hours i was just on the couch i couldn't move and i was just like 
dripping sweat. <laughs> and it, oh, it was so disgusting. The, the, the difficulty with that one is it's not so much the burger. The burger's pretty easy. It's six patties, and they're, I mean, they're big patties, and it's a big burger, but they give you this poutine, and there's just so much gravy and cheese on it. <laughs> That it's it's like it's heavy, like it's it, you know it's got to be a couple pounds at least, and it just it's like yeah, it's it's an uncomfortable one. <laughs> oh man, I uh, I I for one don't like poutine, so I've never tried the Rita challenge. But just the thought of it makes me <laughs> break out in the cold in a sweat. Like it it makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, and how, the, the second the second time I did it was actually when I first moved when I moved back to Calgary for this job and it was like the end of the week and I was like I just go get a free meal here. I know I can do it. It wasn't so bad the first time. That's a great strategy. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, when I got done, I instantly regretted it. It was like within like 5 minutes I was just like, "Oh, I sh- I should not have done that. <laughs> and now now for the most part I know when I'm going into a chill like if I if I see a food challenge I'm going to give a shot. It's like you you're you're not doing this for a free meal. It's because you're you know you you want to you know put your name on the board sort of thing. So, so when you see ch- food challenges like that and stuff, do you have to prepare yourself like not only mentally because you know what it's going to be like afterwards, but like leading up to it, do you have to I don't know, not eat, or do you have to, like, eat smaller meals throughout the day and kind of stretch out your stuff? I don't know how this all works. No, I, I mean, I, I don't do anything different. I just kind of, like, go and, and oh, wow. give it. I, I only, <laughs> on, on most days, I only eat during a two-hour period, maybe even right. tighter than that, like a one-hour period. Um, so eating a lot of food within a short amount of time isn't really a big big thing for me. Um but yeah, there's the the one I did prep for the one in I think it was in um, in Regina the uh, spaghetti the pasta the night, the night before, like. yeah the pasta <laughs> and the, that was oh. it actually ended up being the, it was the easiest one that I I did just because the pasta is easy to swallow it's like right. it just it just goes down but the day before I I took the time and I just took all the food that I normally eat and I crunched it down to that time and like and weighed my food just to see where I was. And it was like I'd eaten more weight in food in less time than what that challenge ended up being. <laughs> so you but, did this uh, thing in 22 minutes. God. And yeah. <laughs> you get a $50 gift card and uh, it's free. You had an hour time limit. I mean, the the garlic bread must have been tough. No, it actually, the, the that one wasn't wasn't hard at all. Like the garlic bread was good. It was tasty at the end of it. It was like oh nice. It was kind of the, it was kind of like the perfect ending. Like when you eat a lot of that's the one thing with challenges. When you eat a lot of like the same thing, it's nice to get something like a uh, some different at the end. But no, that one was I would say it wasn't the quickest one I done, but it was uh, it was one of the easier ones just because the spaghetti would would just kind of slide down. There wasn't. You know, like meat, for instance, you can kind of chew on and chew on and chew on it. It never seems to get smaller, but that yeah. was just like a couple bites and swallow, and it was just going down really quickly. So Travis ate 18 pierogies in under three minutes, uh, Grey Cup 2018, and for the next two days, he was pretty much indisposed. Uh, <laughs> useless, could barely walk around downtown Edmonton, and I can't say I blame him. <laughs> The after effects from these eating competitions is: Are you just done for a couple of days, or like you know, the next morning could you wake up and if if you had to eat again? No, yeah, I'm I'm back to normal usually the next day. There's there's none that oh. I've been uh, 
been too destroyed by. I mean, something like that, doing 18 pros. I don't, I don't eat. I couldn't, I it's try to speed. avoid the ones that the time limit is really short. Um, like even this last one I did, I thought 18 minutes was going to be short. It ended up being a lot smaller than I thought it was, but cause I don't eat like some people eat fast, like whatever the dude that eats the hot dogs can yeah. eat like really fast kind of thing, but I don't eat really fast, but I can, you know, I can eat a lot. Um, so if you give me a little more time, I can, I can kind of make it through and I can force myself to, to kind of get through it, but I can't do like speed kind of eating challenges. So Drum Heller has the burn Bernie's yes. mammoth burger, three and a half pounds. Um, I've seen the forget about it with two pounds of house cured pastrami, uh, under 30 minutes. It came with two pounds of fries. He also did it. Yeah, there's the Rubinator wall of fame. <laughs> I, mean, I got, I got a couple. The, the only one that I didn't do is that stupid one in, uh, Black Falls and uh, Black Falls. Yeah. That, and I made a mistake there. I went with, I saw you got the salad and I went with the salad and that was the worst decision I could have made. Not, not that with fries I would have been able to do it, but I, I should have known. Like salad and lettuce is the absolute. If you're doing a challenge and you have an option of fries or uh, or some sort of lettuce salad thing, go with the fries. They're way easier. Lettuce is just it became gross. Like it wasn't. <laughs> uh, there was so much sauce on it. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, it, and it was and it was like deep too. Like it was you know four inches thick kind of thing. Yeah. And it was, yeah, I, I would much rather fries you can kind of ball up and just chew on them. Um, <laughs> well, well, yeah, I, I think I, I finished the burger. I can't remember. What's the timing on that one? It was like 25 or 28 minutes. I think it was half an hour, and you half did an finish hour. the burger. I finished the burger in about 15 minutes. It didn't take too long to get through the burger, but, and I, yeah, the, the fries and that sauce was just, it was it was <laughs> tough. Oh, sorry, the salad and the and the sauce was just like... Oh, yeah, not not good at all. What about the five pounder at Taco Del Mar? That one was really easy. I, I, don't, I can't even remember. That one was like the. <laughs> there was, it was so funny too because there's so many people going in to do it, and I right. think I, that one I, I can't even. The time's probably on there somewhere. It would had to be like ten minutes. It was it was easy. It wasn't even like. <laughs> people get caught up in the weight of things, but yeah. it, I mean, like the 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 pasta was five pounds too. It. It wasn't that difficult. The uh, yeah, Taco Omar was pretty easy too. Yeah, I bought five pounds of Cadbury mini eggs today. Like I could eat them all <laughs> if I had to. You could you could easily get those down. Is yeah. there uh, like a deal on them or something? Like a quarantine deal on those things? Or? No, I just I just know I just know that I might be in the house for a couple of weeks, so I figured I'd get enough for half a day. I don't know if that is, yeah is that enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, one package was free. Mom bought me one, so I mean, <laughs> that's the problem with me with those. Like, I can't do this quarantine shopping because if there's like, <laughs> you know, a, a five pound bag of uh, Easter eggs in, in the house somewhere, like that's lasting me one sitting. Like, there's <laughs> yeah, I went I went to Seven Eleven yesterday. They didn't have any, so I bought Chips Ahoy chocolate chunk cookies, thinking, oh, they'll last me like a week. Like, I'll just have a couple. <laughs> I ate the entire box last night watching Kim's Convenience. Yeah, like. <laughs> five are good so why not have 25 that's like that's that's how i eat absolutely absolutely you would have like i had you would have to have a walk-in cooler to keep like the the amount of meat you go through i mean a little freezer on top of a fridge is probably not gonna cut it (laughs) well i I didn't even to be honest i haven't recently i don't eat a lot of meat like i'll have you know kind of one serving of meat on a normal day but but nothing crazy yeah i've kind of i've cut it out except for when i'm doing 
challenges and stuff now. <laughs> well, I think you have more than enough when you do the challenges. <laughs> I know. I got, I got to take a couple weeks off from my arteries and my veins to clear out after I do one of these challenges. Well, uh, do you have any more on the radar that you want to try? There's a um, that one in Drumheller. I do want to get up there. I, I don't think the time is pretty fast now. I can't remember what it was when I asked. I think it was seven or eight minutes. I think is what oh. you have to, be to get it for free because it's just like the fastest time gets it for free. It's not. Oh, if you beat the record, yeah, you have to beat the record to get it for free. But I'd like to go up and just do it. It's not. It's nothing crazy. Like what's the? It's like a twenty ounce burger or something, or like twenty thirty ounce burger. Yeah, it says it's so, three and a half. So oh, it's three and a half. That's a decent size. Um, <laughs> yeah, I thought I thought that would probably like just a guesstimate would be like twelve minutes. I think is what I thought would be a time. So I, I'm like I, I don't think I compete with the record, but just to go do it and see. I think there's one in in Edmonton. There's like a is it soda pops or something? They have like I don't some burger restaurant up there that's got like you got to finish three burgers or something in 30 minutes oh. <laughs> um but it doesn't it doesn't really look too bad i i haven't really looked into them there's a couple with my flying i go out to ottawa every couple months who knows if i'm gonna go out again for a while but there's some out there that i was thinking about giving a shot but a lot of them look really tough and uh <laughs> and then you got the thing of, like uh, do i want to be like flying afterwards or yeah. within the next 12 hours when I've got, you know, <laughs> five pounds of beef in my stomach and my lower intestine and <laughs> just feel like a slug for the next 12 hours kind of thing. But, um, yeah, there's definitely, there's definitely, I'm still looking into them. There's definitely some, and it's nice. That's kind of the fun thing is that I, I do travel a little bit with work, obviously being a pilot. Um, so you can go to different cities and try different things. Travis and I went to school together. His mom was the manager at 7-Eleven, so we'd always get, you know, once a month, he could order as many hot dogs and bags of chips as he wanted for lunch. <laughs> I'd get like four, eat them all, feel like crap. My birthday parties are like 200 wings and stuff. Yeah, like and, and it wasn't enough. Um, now, we're all on the wrong side of 30. I've noticed my metabolism has slowed down. Uh <laughs> <laughs> what about yours considering you know these eating challenges and stuff like that i know i know with the fasting and everything that probably helps but just wondering like you know how how does that work out for you yeah the, the fasting for sure and my metabolism probably slowed down when i was like ooh, 28 is probably what i had to ah, okay. just eating whatever i wanted because like i remember in college like I would get done class and dinner would be like two baconators and a large fry and a large pop. Like, and that was, Oh, you are speaking my language. Extra bacon though. That, that, that was just trying to maintain like my, I don't know, I was 203 in college. Wow. Or something. Like just trying to keep, so I would have to like, like stuff like that really like unhealthy, but like just, you need, you know, 2000 calories in a meal sort of thing to get by. <laughs> Um, oh my god! Yeah, and I, I remember around 28, it was like I can't really do this like two baconators anymore, and and just you know maintain like 200, 205 what I was playing at. <laughs> I was like I got to start like this could be like a once a week thing or like a you know once every couple weeks things. But if I start doing this too often, I'm just gonna like wait myself out of the uh, out of the CFL here. <laughs> <laughs> um, is there? I mean, when you go to the challenge, obviously it's more about um, getting on the wall and instead of what the food actually is, what do you enjoy? Like, have you have you had to do a challenge of 
some food that you don't really like and you still nailed it? No, that's I've I've avoided like there was one in Calgary for pho, I think, and I just like you know, I like burgers and I like, you know, burgers and fries and pizza and sandwiches and stuff. So I just I mean, the most challenges tend to be those things. Yeah. Um speaking, of, there was one in Edmonton too that was a steak, but I think it's done now at uh Ryan, does Ryan Smith have a steakhouse up there, or Gretzky or something? Oh, there used to be Gretzky's. There used to be like a seventy or ninety ounce steak up there, or something. (laughs) And I would love, I would love to try something like that. I've seen a couple in the states, and I I think I could do that. I think I'd be all right uh, getting through them. I'm, I'm feeling full right now. Yeah. <laughs> Just uh, talking about this stuff. Like, I, I look at these things. How do you do with uh, the hot ones, or do you just avoid that altogether? Like spicy? Yeah. I haven't, uh, not too many of them are spicy. The only, like, in college, I did the 10 Buffalo Wild Wings, like, whatever their atomic wings or whatever they call yeah. them. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I can eat spicy food, but like, again, that was like, I was, I was dripping sweat. Like it looked like I went for like a 10 K run kind of thing or did like, (laughs) you know, 51 tens or something. Like I was just like full pouring sweat face was red. Like, and, uh, and, and day two was even rougher when you do those ones. Yeah. Um, Definitely not advised. I did the Hudson's one last year and that destroyed me. Like, People made a meme out of it. It was uh, it was ten of these the, the hottest wings that they can come up with, and it had you know scorpion pepper and all this ridiculous stuff that my digestive system, as a Ukrainian, like <laughs> I'm cream and dill, like that's yeah. spicy, <laughs> and yeah. you, you had to eat it in I think two minutes, and then you got free wings for a year. And <laughs> I did it in about 30 seconds, and I could tell it was hot because I, I didn't feel it yet, but I, yeah. I started uh, hiccuping, and I've <laughs> never had that happen in my life. And the pain, <laughs> that, when it hit me, I remember the waitress came up to me afterwards, and she offered me ice cream. I was they, like, they give you some cream or something after? I had ice cream, and... It relieved the pain in my mouth, but I think it reacted with the sauce in my stomach, and Oof. it made it worse. It ended up coming Wait. back up, which oh. was more painful than eating it. <laughs> when, and, it when it goes through your uh, nasal passage yeah. there, and it's like, just, yeah. oh. And yeah. I, I had no next day problems because of that, but <laughs> your nose was burning for the next twenty four hours. <laughs> my esophagus, like it, I do not advise. And there were people there; it looked like they were eating like a, a an O Henry. Like it, obviously they'd grown up with that amount of spice. But I, I, I was just an idiot. It was more about pain tolerance than anything, really. Yeah, the server had to wear gloves. Yeah, they did. They did. <laughs> so <laughs> That's, it's so it's so ridiculous, and it. You, you mentioned people were eating them like that, and when I was did the Buffalo Wild Wing challenge, the waitress was like, "We got a guy that comes in here like to watch football on Sundays, and he'll get 40, 40 of these atomic wings <laughs> and drink beer. Oh my god, like nothing, and just like flicking bones over his shoulder when he's done, like it's wow. just wow. Uh, yeah. Atomic wings and draft beer. <laughs> <laughs> it's impressive. I I, I can do some spicy stuff, but I, yeah. 
you know, I've I've gone to Mexico a few times and gone to some restaurants there and talked myself into some bad decisions there as well, <laughs> thinking that I was 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 not a not a big of a gringo as I thought I was. <laughs> Eric, it's been great to talk to you, um, especially during uh, the weird times we live in. We hope that. Uh, our fun, light conversation has been able to uh, provide a distraction for a few people. So, hey, thanks for taking the time to talk to me and all the best to you going forward through this COVID-19 situation. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on and uh, stay safe. Thanks again to Eric Fraser for joining us to talk basically food. (laughs) <laughs> and a little bit of yep. football <laughs> during this show. Uh, what do you say we do this same sort of thing in two weeks, Ty? Um, yeah. I mean, <laughs> we- I might be in Brandon, Manitoba, so I'll have lots to complain about. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> We will do that. This episode of Two and Out is brought to you by ATB Financial. I should mention... Uh, that the province of Alberta did uh, talk to ATB Financial, and they're going to be offering their customers some relief over the next six months. Uh, You can have a six-month deferral on loans, lines of credit, and mortgages. So that's good uh, news from ATB Financial. Once things get back to normal, they've got the no-fee all-in digital account. You can bank, borrow, save, all in one account. No fees. I mean, you gotta like that. (laughs) Qualify for the line of credit portion and you can get this convenient account that makes everyday digital banking a breeze. Hit atb.com if you want to learn more about that. I'm Travis Cura, joined by Brazilian Ty, encouraging you to stay healthy. And we will talk to you in a couple weeks. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.